Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tiger Mining Report podcast here on the Believe Network, part of a new network we're a part of with, of course, the Motor City Metrics podcast that we have on there. So a lot of great podcasts you can find on there, anything from the Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, whatever you're interested in, the Believe Network has you. So you follow the link on our description and you can check out the other podcasts if you're interested and check out whatever else you're interested in. It's not redundant, but <laughs> honestly, it's it's there, there's something for everyone. Literally, over 500 podcasts, and being part of the Believe Network, we have a couple of things we have to take care of some housekeeping items, and we wanted to remind you that Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting and action and contests from the NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all going on right now. Ton of betting action. Bet Online is your number one source for waiting. Wager news, odds, trends, and predictions. Even ESPN is getting into it, Chris. All the hoops action, betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both the desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So that being said, we've got that housekeeping item out of the way onto the show. And Chris just finished a great work with the tool series, the best power tool in the system. And Chris, this was a lot of, this was a lot of fun to do because there was, there's actual power in the system. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the, the, my lengthy preamble to that piece was, uh, we mentioned it with Jason Beck last week too. Was was the change in overall power throughout the system over the last three or four years, and and the way I wrote about it was in in 2019, Tigers had I think three guys hit more than 15 home runs, or maybe it was four or five. I, I don't remember exactly, but none of them were actually prospects, and they had uh, I want to say a total of 13 20 home run seasons in that decade, 2010 to 2019, and they've had 15 in the last three years and, and almost all of them are pretty good prospects. And so last year they just had three twenty home run hitters, but, uh, but they're all promising and there are a handful of other guys who, who look like they could get there. So yeah, it was a fun, fun list to put together. There wasn't a, I mean, there's a little bit of, you know, internal debate about who should be number one in the system because Jace Young hit 28 home runs and Colt Keith at 27, but I put Colt Keith first overall. Um, and part of that is just, just, because of Colt Keith's ability to hit makes me think he's going to get to more of the power a little bit. And uh, also he, Keith had like 10, 12 more doubles than Jace Young did. And, and so I'm taking that into account that maybe some of those doubles will become home runs in time, or maybe he'll just always have a higher slugging percentage because there's more extra base hits there. So what was the thinking there? No, and that's and a solid way to think about it too. Also the fact that, yeah, did you? One of the things we did factor into the, it was the levels too. I mean, yeah, here we are, and age. yeah, and age, yeah, and that's another thing too that was something that you discovered, and I believe you mentioned this on the Motor City Metrics podcast. The one of the most fascinating things about the minor leagues, and I, I've been look, doing some research, looking into when, when I did the original, uh, I did a list back on September of how many hitters hit twenty home runs, which was three this year, and it was unique only because they weren't journeymen and they weren't. And some of the things that are going across the system, another fascinating thing about this, Chris, is that everybody who had either 18 or more home runs 
was over the I mean, Chris Myers and Justice Bigby's are outliners. They're 24, but no one was over the age of 25, like previously you saw in the past. Yeah, you know, it, you know, when they had home run hitters in the previous decade, they were often minor league free agent types or older guys. Like Josh Lester wasn't a minor league free agent necessarily, but I think he was at one point. But, uh, you know, he was 25, 26, 27 when he was hitting home runs. Other guys were like Danny Dorn and Gabriel Quintana and Mike Hessman and Brad Eldred. All these, these minor league guys just looking for a shot. And, and the guys are hitting home runs now. In the last three or four years, it's it's Riley Green, it's Spencer Torkelson, it's Kerry Carpenter, it's Colt Keith, it's Jace Young, it's Parker Meadows, uh, it's Justin Harry Malloy. Like these are all legit prospects. So it's it's a fun thing to see happening in the system. And the other thing I mentioned is is and this is not relating to the minor league system, but Terry Carpenter and Spencer Torkelson last year both hit twenty home runs for the Tigers, uh, and they I think I think I had they were just the fifth and sixth homegrown hitters to hit. Uh, with 20 plus home runs in a season for the Tigers, this, you know, since 2000, it was like, it was Bobby Higginson hit, hit 20 plus in 2000. Then you had Brandon Edge, you had Curtis Granderson and Nick Castellanos. And that's it until Carpenter and Torkelson both did it last year. So uh, there are signs that the Tigers have, uh, you know, made some real progress in terms of developing power hitters. And, uh, and I think the power list. Uh, indicates that again that there's nobody on there that's just a monster like Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, but there are a handful of guys who are going to hit 20 plus, which is uh, it's certainly a start. Yeah, and that's that's where you want to see. I mean, this is something that prior to this year, I mean, you talk about Brandon Dixon, just some of these names that across. It's just it's been it's been horrific. I mean, let's not mince any words here. It's just been where you think of these kind of journeyman names too on, on the big league side. Outside of perhaps Nick Cassianos, really in, in the last decade, it's yeah. really been slim when it comes to homegrown guys to at least hit twenty home runs, and that's not even asking for very much. Yeah, and, and um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, Mavi Garcia probably hit 20 plus in a season, but I don't think it was with the, it certainly wasn't with the Tigers. It was, uh, um, I don't think McCann ever got quite to 20. Maybe he did once, but yeah, it's, it's been even the guys who didn't do it in Detroit, you know, Willie Adamas, I think has, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's not been something the Tigers, well, the Tigers weren't really terribly good at developing anything really. They had some, some success developing arms there for a good decade plus, but, um, yeah, the, the thing we were asking for forever was figuring out some hitters and I'm starting to see it. So, yeah, and, and it's not just, you know, they were, they were getting some guys in the uh, in trades, too. Jake Rogers came over in a trade. He's He's got some power. Justin Henry Malloy, who's number three on our, our list, hit 23 home runs. He's a guy who could probably hit more. He's, uh, as I mentioned in the article, we also broke down, thanks to, to Jerry, you know, collating all the Hawkeye and StatCast data. Malloy and Colt Keith have very similar uh, max exit velocity and average exit velocity, and they're both kind of roughly big league average. The, the difference is that Malloy hits a few more balls on the ground, like 5% more, and he just doesn't swing as much. He walks a ton. Uh, so if he could, you know, having an 18% walk rate is, is outstanding. If you bring that down to 14 or 15% and, and you're swinging and more balls you can drive, that's even better. So um, yeah, there's 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 more power in the system there, and then the we followed up with there's like a good eight guys who who could have taken uh, the final two in our top five or any of the honorable mentions, and so that's uh, it'll be interesting to see who who 
from that group breaks out next year. Yeah. So we saw, so number one, or so we can start from the top. Obviously we've talked about the top three quite a bit and I mean, we can break it down a little bit more and go into something like, for example, let's, let's start from the bottom a little bit too, because we can start from the honorable mentions and work our way up. And so for the future projection side of things, uh, I did like your Clayton Campbell suggestion too. And Clayton Campbell is a guy who there's unfortunately not a lot of film on him because he was down in Lakeland. Hopefully they'll change next year. This was the New Zealander who played in the Australian league. And then the Tigers signed him, I believe three, three years ago. And so, yeah, he's been, he was originally signed as a catcher, but see him as a first baseman, utility guy. He can play all over, but I, the number that stood out to me, Chris, was you said here he had four home runs and 18 doubles and just 146 at bats, which puts him at an ISO over 200, which is really good. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't clear in the fence a ton, um, but it's not a huge sample. And yeah, he just was a doubles machine. Now, I, I, Jeff Ponce, I think, put a, a 20 grade on his athleticism, which I don't know if that tells us much for the, the uh, future for Clayton Campbell, but he felt like somebody worth mentioning because he doesn't. You know, that was just a, an, a lawful, an awful lot of production from a young guy in the system that doesn't get talked about a lot. So that's kind of what we want with that future projection area is just to, just to give nod to some of the younger guys who might be worth knowing in the future. Yeah, there is also, I mean, the Christian Santana, yeah, 12 home runs in, is at bats, but I mean, he struggled all season on the plate. I mean, if he wasn't really yeah. holding home runs, he was either striking out or walking. Yeah, and that one was kind of tough because he basically spent his full second full season. I mean, it's had some injuries and stuff, but second full season in in low A, and it's I don't know how much more projection you could put on him, but I think the power, the raw power, is there when he hits it. He really hits him far, uh, but it's it's a question as to whether like he can alter his approach to actually hit enough for it to matter and if he alters his approach does that cut down on his power that's something that, that remains to be seen still just kind of hold not hope there because he's so young i think he just turned 20 maybe um or he's about to turn 20 so yeah that was the hope there and uh then the other one i think in the future projection was was Josue Brasenio, who i think uh, we mentioned finished second in the complex league in slugging or ops i, I don't remember if it was one of those two I want to say seven home runs. But slugging, a, sec, second best uh, slugging, slugging percentage. Yeah, so he hit, he hits the ball hard. We we've, we've seen the you know Baseball America has relayed some of the underlying data that that his 90th percentile exit velocity is very good and all that stuff. He doesn't swing and miss a ton. Uh, and then he he bumped up to the Florida State League at the end of the year, and I don't think he hit a home run. He might have hit one, but I, but I think he had seven doubles in a really quick span. And again, so you know. <laughs> This power hitting, any extra base hits uh, from guys like that, I count as power. You know, he's not legging out triples. This is uh, I was hitting the ball hard into the gaps, and so he's one that's definitely gonna be fun to watch going forward. Yeah, and there's a kind of a there was in terms of his swing too. We did get a little bit of video from his swing thanks to Sherry doing the legwork there down in Lakeland. So. But every time we got a swing, that we didn't get any uh, any home runs or anything. But still, this guy was signed last January, Jan- yeah, January twenty twenty two. And so this is a guy who 
it looks, I mean, he is a big dude. I mean, you can see him here in this video if you're watching this on YouTube. Nice little swing. I like a single here to yeah. drive in too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, that's an opposite field hit, so it's not going to look like a lot of bat speed. It doesn't necessarily show you, like he's not, you know, turning on a ball, but he's a big, strong guy, and you can see how he could, and he's got a chance to, to do some damage as he continues to go. And again, very young. I think he just turned 19. Yeah. And it's, and for the Tigers, really, a guy like that, too, you would normally see something like that in the outfield. Is that fair to say, Chris? I mean, usually with guys like this, that's kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, outfield, uh, like a hulking first baseman type, uh, and that may be what he ends up being. Uh, but, that, uh, you know, they are pursuing developing a catcher, which is uh, would be a pretty nice thing to have, a left-handed hitting catcher with power. So it is unusual. Here's another opposite field single. That's all we have, unfortunately, on him. Um, so I'm trying to pull it up right now. And, yeah, this is another opposite field single right there. Little same thing as we saw last. This is in the playoffs against Clearwater. Well, I mean, and, and the thing he also made our hit list because I think he seems to be uh, has, has pretty good feel for hitting. He doesn't strike out a lot. He walks a good amount. So there's there's a lot to like there offensively. Yeah, I know uh, we had Jeff Pontus on and was talking about how some of the scouts are saying these certain things. But again, Jerry, he's still he's still young, so anything could be possible. On the honorable mentions list. Eddie's Leonard really stood out because, I mean, he, when the Tigers got him from the Dodgers, this is a guy who was stored away on the Dodgers 40 man roster at double A Tulsa. His numbers did not look good. But for, you mentioned this earlier about people with age, he's pretty young and managed to be in Toledo okay. And he blasted eight home runs, like you mentioned here, 10 doubles in 40 games, finishing the year with 19 home runs. But he led Toledo with a maximum exit velocity of one one eleven point six. Yeah, and and again, that was I think he just kind of I know you you were uh, you know kind of uh, pumping him up a little bit and excited to see him and and um, I think he just kind of went under the radar because it was an acquisition for cash, right? It wasn't like a, a big trade. It was happened right when all the Eduardo Rodriguez stuff didn't happen. Uh, and yeah, it was just a short period of time, but like, as you said, four, like eight home runs in 40 games, it's nothing to sneeze at at all. Uh, and, and in that period of time, he had the hardest exit velocity of anybody in Toledo all year. So it's a guy who, who hits the ball hard and it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Cause he's also, I think he's might've just turned 23. He's young. He's, he was productive. Um, he plays multiple positions and. I, just, I don't think he's somebody you would necessarily think of as a big power hitter, but he might end up producing more than people expect. Yeah, especially you just the only question remains is what position, which seems to be the, the theme with a lot of these guys lately, what position does he end up playing? Does he play, Scott Harrison has mentioned more in the outfield, but he came up as a shortstop and wasn't bad. I mean, he wasn't he was serviceable. So among other names, uh, Jose de la Cruz, which we seems like, you must for I mean, let's be honest here. It seems like we've kind of forgotten about Jose de la Cruz because between injuries and everything, he has struggled. But Chris, it was good to see his name back up on the list. Yeah, it, it's uh, I felt like I had to put him on there. Uh, you know, he, he hit I think 12 home runs last year. He did it he, while cutting his walk rate by about seven percent and or cutting his strikeout rate by seven percent and increasing his walk rate. 
but it's still strikeout rate still a little bit high. But he, at least according to our data, he had the hardest hit ball in the entire system last year. It was like 115.8 miles per hour or something like that. Like harder than anybody in the like, including on the Tigers. So he's and he's a guy that we've always heard of has has unreal power, uh, and it's. It's there, so you got to give him credit for that. And it's just a matter of, of finding ways to get to it more in games. But he made imp- improvements last year, so you never you don't, you don't want to write him off. It's one of those things we hear about these guys when they sign at sixteen, and by the time they're twenty two, it feels like they're forty years old because we've heard about them for six seven years. But he's still really young, and so uh, yeah, he's a, he's one that's definitely worth watching next year. Yeah, of all the bats that we were able to get in the in the postseason too, we actually managed to get his at bat his home run against Clearwater and I get you know and if I if I'm, I think if I'm remembering this correctly I I think it was against a guy who has major league experience oh that was just yeah, he, he got all of that yeah it was not uh, a shock to anybody there yeah that's a that's a good shot right there but like let's I mean if we're going back to it for just a second look at the looks like he's changed his little bit of his footing too a little bit but yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a beautiful shot. It's, uh, you know, it's, I, there were other players I could have put on this list too, who also hit like Roberto Campos didn't make the honorable mention list. And he very well could have because he hits the ball extremely hard and he's very young and he's big. Um, but he just, you know, the, the game production wasn't necessarily there this year. And I wanted to give a little bit more notice to, to other players. So De La Cruz is definitely one to, to keep an eye on. And then Justice Bigby, which you don't really think about because of his hitting average. He led the minor league system in batting average, and you forget that he had 19 home runs. Yeah, and he, he finally hit one in the Arizona Fall League on the final day. Um, yeah, it's it's like he hits the ball uh, as hard, as consistently hard as anybody in the system. He, he hits the ball hard all the time. The only issue is that the way his swing works is that he hits it hard up the middle in the opposite way, and it's usually a line drive. So I, I would bet at least half of his home runs went to the opposite field this year, which is really unusual. And, um, I mean, it works for him. It's The only reason he's not higher is that it's, you know, it's it's hard to hit 20-plus home runs that way in big leagues or at higher levels when you're not pulling the ball enough. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him to start pulling the ball more and, and get that production, but that's just, you know, maybe that'll be next year's list because uh, we got to see it before I can say anything about it. Yeah, and and speaking of seeing it, by the way, I mean, we did see a lot of him in Erie, and I'm rocking the black one today. Make sure you pick up the new Howling Dead Dead Red hat that just went on sale yesterday over on the website. So it's in the front page of the Erie's website. So if you just go to the front page or just go to the Erie Seawolves website, it's right there. Um, I'm just plugging it because these guys have done so much for us, and this is the least I can do. Uh, they were so accommodating to us all the time. So go to the Seawolves website, get the new Howling Dead collection, get the red cap. It looks sweet. And there's another, uh, there's some other stuff in the works too. And of course, you won't, if you haven't gotten the pepperoni balls hat, that's also a sweet hat too. So, all right, enough plugging with that. But the other guy in Erie too that did a lot of damage down there before he we went to Toledo was Dylan Dingler, who just got added to the 40 man. And he is one of those players, Chris, that, and I think I think this if this, if this is something I picked up from you is how catchers develop. It is a system. It is no one can figure. It just seems like that happens all the time. That 
they develop later every time. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we talked about, was it Jonah Heim and playoffs um, guys that did really don't seem to produce at the big league level until their late twenties. And Jake Rogers was 28 this year, I think. Right. That that was, um, he, he started, made a little noise as a 26 year old in the big leagues, but didn't have his first good season until 28. And a lot of that is just, there's so much uh, demand on their defensive work and everything else that goes into the, the, the life of being a catcher that the bat sometimes is last you know, they're, they're batting during games, but it's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot, lot going on. And you know, we've seen Dingler have really hot stretches. We've seen Dingler look like a future big league regular, but uh, as he's continues to, you know, climb the ladder and he kind of stagnated in Erie for a long time. And it's just, he, he seems to have a swing that doesn't necessarily let him get to his power uh, as much as he needs to for it to work, but it's certainly in there. He's got a lot of power. He hit, I don't know uh, how many home runs last year, 15, 16, and like 80 games, something like that. So it's in there. He just. There's the. Uh, pitch. There's, oh, a, there's a, a fly ball drilled to left back. Is Yeah, that's the that's the game where Toledo scored the seen, yeah. uh, 24 runs, maybe, I think. That's a Dingler homering on, a, yeah. on an EFAS pitch. Um, unfortunately, that's I think that may have been his only home run in Toledo. It might have had one more. I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think um, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's he's going to need more time in Toledo, and the defensive skills are there, so he's going to get some time, and uh, and the the raw power is there. It's just figuring out a way to get to it, but uh, there's no denying that it's in there. Yeah, and the biggest thing too is to work on. A lot of teams have figured out that he swings a lot of sliders away. I mean, they've been attacking him quite a bit, and so if he can lay off that for next year and cut down the strike rate just a little bit, that will definitely help out his cause and and. With the Tigers, yeah, it, you know the way it is right now. Yeah, and, and beyond that, it's it would look to me like you know he would pick up that teams were doing that, uh, but then they could throw fastballs right by him because he was trying to sit on that slider or something like that. So yeah, it's it, the the hit tool isn't quite there to get to that power, but everybody can can push your fingers and hope he's on the forty man. So yeah, that's a uh, that's something we'll see. It, it definitely exists. I mean, there's a prime example of the magnitude of his power. And it, it, to me, this is an example of what we're talking about here. In Against Harrisburg, this was back, I believe, in the middle of the season. And I just think he was just coming back to the lineup for Erie because he was, he was coming back from injury. And this is 416, 400, I'm sorry, 411 feet. I mean, this is a blast out yeah, in Harrisburg. Dead center. Yeah, that's center. Yeah, when he gets him, he gets him hard. Yeah. So another example of that, too. So if you're watching us on YouTube, yeah, Dingler, there is something to be said about it. And so I, I know Tiger fans expect a little more this year, but we'll see what happens. And then you put Isaac Pacheco on there. And, and Pacheco season, I know to some fans, he dropped a lot of prospect lists. He dropped on ours. and But again, outside of Lansing, where he loves Lance. Apparently he loves Lansing a lot. The power just was not consistent at all this year. Yeah. And he had a nice uptick there in like the final four weeks of the season. But at that point it had been, it was kind of too, too little too late, but we've seen him. Um, he's, he's just got a ton of raw power. We were there for some hit a 450 foot home run in Lansing. That uh, and a lot of guys in the system who could say that they can go 450 plus. Um, it's 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 a ton of raw power, and he's just another guy who's going to need probably need another full season 
in in high A to untap, you know, his hitting ability if he can and and get to that power. And a guy who has to get to his power, speaking of which, and this is where it was kind of indicative that Brian Payne was upset that he lost his player. That was Brady Allen, and he goes in the next on the list and goes to number five. And he had a really strong finish of the year at West Michigan before he got called up to Erie. And originally, they, they, the Tigers really, to me, I thought signed him or tra- I think they traded for him because of the offensive liabilities they had in the outfield at West Michigan. And he provided to be a little more than that as the season went on, Chris. He was he was really the straw that stirred the drink for the Whitecaps. Yeah, and, and he's another guy who um, he has like pretty easy plus raw power, but the, the bad the approach leads to a little bit more ground balls and line drives than is ideal. But but he's a guy who, like Bigby, was hitting a lot of opposite field home runs. That's what you just saw in the video: is him going way out. Such a right field. So the power is there. It's just, uh, as with a lot of these guys, it's figuring out a way to get to it a little bit more consistently. But in Allen's case, you know, he walks a fair amount. He didn't hit for a ton of average, but he's, as you mentioned, he, he's he's a very good defender in the corners, and he can even handle center a little bit. So there's a lot to uh, to like there. But the power is is legit. If he can, I think he hit hit seven or eight home runs total for the Marlins in the Marlins system before the trade. And he ended up with 19 total this year, I think one in Erie and then, you know, three in Beloit and 16 in West Michigan or 15 in West Michigan. So yeah, he's, he's a guy who, who could uh, hit 20 plus next year. It's just a matter of how he handles the, the move to double a. Yeah. So take that Dave Myers, <laughs> you know, because Dave Myers went to the Marlins. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was a bad joke there. Take that, take that Marlins. I yeah. Take say. that Marlins. Take that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so number four comes in is at Chris Myers. We saw a lot of Chris Myers this year and Erie came up big for Erie a couple times clutch. And I got to give props to him as well because he moved to the outfield for the first time. He played left. It was a little bit of an adjustment, but he played out pretty well. Defensively, he was could hold his own at first, but the power when he got a hold of one, it was just like a big lumbering shot. And I, it, I like the evolution of him so far because he continues to – you think when he's down and out, when he, he's struggling a little bit, he comes up. And this is in the postseason right here. This was a monster shot when Erie needed him the most. And and that's, to me, what what stood out to me the most is that he came out it, – it, he had a slow start in Erie, but then he started coming on the last month of the season. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was uh, what I mentioned in the piece too is that, you know, he tore up West Michigan – where like they had to promote him because it was getting ridiculous. You know, he's hitting like three thirty plus with, with a bunch of power, and then he he got to Erie and it was a bit of a struggle for him. He was I think he had one home run in his first twenty nine games, and then uh, eight he had eight home runs over his final forty games. So he figured it out, and then and you saw in that playoffs he had that two homer game. So there's definitely above average to plus raw power in his bat, probably plus uh, if not better actually. Um, but like so many of these guys, it's it's figuring out ways to get to it uh, when you need to all the time. I, you know, I still don't quite know if it's going to work. It's always tough with first baseman, as you mentioned. He did, did play some left field and, and was solid out there, so they wanted to get him you know, moving around because they, I think, they do believe in the bat a little bit. Uh, and I just, I just don't know if it's enough bat to to be a big leaguer uh, or big league, you know. Been a decent amount of time in the big leagues, or if he's going to be more 
like uh, Josh Lester, who's, who's a big time minor league slugger and maybe eventually gets up to the big leagues for a little bit. But uh, either way, it's a good guy to have in the system. And, and I think he'll be productive in the upper minors for at least another two or a year or two. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of projection, too, especially when you see guys like number three, Justin Malloy, get a call up. And he was a third, as you mentioned in the piece, third Tiger minor leader who hit 20 home runs, 20 plus home runs in 2023. Yeah, 23 in 135 games. And Chris, I like what you said here. He could probably hit 25 or more with the minor adjustments to his approach. And you mentioned that earlier. So. It, my question to you when it comes to that is, too, in a sense that do you believe when a player is getting playing a certain position, they develop a certain rhythm? And does that play a cadence into Malloy? Because, I mean, keep in mind that he was playing the outfield, playing third. So he, it, in terms of consistency, he, that might have thrown off his game a little bit on the offensive side. I don't know if you believe in that or not, but... I mean, I, I think it's possible for uh, it's certainly possible for, for players to take something from the field to the batter's box or from the batter's box to the field, you know, that, that they're thinking about or worried about. Um, and, and that may have played a role for Malloy. I don't know. Um, you know, some guys don't seem to care about anything and just go out there and, and try to hit. But he seemed like a pretty thoughtful kid. And so maybe it's something that affected him. But I, I actually I didn't even look to see what his splits are in terms of hitting position i don't know if we can but that would be kind of fascinating uh but yeah he's, he's definitely a guy with 25 home run power in his bat it's it's just a matter of you know and, and it may not ever come out that way just because of the way he hits you know it's he hits uses the whole field he has learned to pull the ball more i think this year and pull it in the air which is uh key for hitting home runs so he might you know, keep keep flashing that power but i don't think he's ever going to be like a 30 home run power guy but uh 20 with a bunch of on base is just fine yeah i, I could see him being also a, a good gap hitter at comerica park especially perhaps left yeah. center when he gets uh get a hold of one but yeah this is where yeah see sometimes he looked a little overmatched sometimes early on in the seats but i think that started happening less but Lot, this is what a lot of we're seeing there. Where it was a lot of grounders and obviously some really crappy plays. Is this, play is this the column up series? What is this? Yeah, this uh, column up series. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. And uh, yeah. that, yeah, go ahead. No, it, 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 I think you're you're right. It was uh, you know he had a couple months of struggling, but there you see right there that the ball right there lifting and pulling to the uh, you know is is this a good way to hit home runs? And that was 97 miles an hour according to the scoreboard, and he absolutely turned on it. So. It's in there. It's just a matter of doing that a little bit more often. Yeah. And I think uh, the reason why I was mentioning the position side of things is because I I, I still am convinced that he still doesn't have a, a set position. So we'll see what happens here as the season goes on or when the season starts, where they're going to put him exactly. <laughs> Number two, I would, uh, we go to, we, we mentioned Jason Young, slugged 647 in his college career, which I, Totally forgot about there, Chris. But um, yeah, we're we're mentioning he's just one of two minor leaguers with a fly ball rate above forty five and a pull rate above fifty one. Yeah, so that's something that that something that that's one of those things that I didn't really notice. You know, the end of the park. We we probably saw him six to ten times at live last year, um, and we saw him also the year before and the year before it was kind of noticeable how often he was hitting these kind of soft fly balls to left field, but he, he really figured out how to turn on the ball this year to an extreme level and, and not just turn on it, but also uh, turn it on it in the air. 
And that's not to say that he can't hit home runs to center or left field. He does. And in, in, in the video that I just uploaded of all 28 of his home runs, you'll see some of those. But uh, yeah, he is. He's developed a very extreme pull approach in, in the air. And, and that to mention the only other guy in the minors who did that with that many plate appearances was Relvis Martinez, who also hit 20 home runs. And in the big leagues, there were four guys who did it. Well, there are a bunch that didn't qualify, but the four qualified players were uh, Isaac Paredes, Al Schwarber, Al Raleigh, and I'm blanking on the fourth one. Why am I blanking on the fourth one? But uh, in any event, it was it was the four the four guys in the big leagues who did it combined to hit 144 home runs last year, uh, an average of 36 apiece. And they also combined to hit 222. It's not necessarily an approach that leads to a ton of batting average. But if you're going to walk and you're going to hit home runs, most people don't care all that much. So um, it'll be fascinating to see if he continues that right. in AAA and on into the big leagues. And one of the big things that, that uh, I noticed through the course of the year, and you can see this in the video, sort of, is you know when we went and saw him at the beginning of the year, he was getting blown away by pedestrian fastballs, like 92, 93, just right by him. And by the end of the year, he's turning around 96, 97 with ease. So I don't know if he made some adjustments or if that was just getting warmed up. But uh, one of my concerns early early on was that he couldn't handle velocity. And uh, he, he certainly proved that wrong over the course of the year. I think he even got uh, got a hit off Paul Skeens, I believe, late in season. Yes, he did. Yeah, that was a the battle of uh, he was the only one that did not look overmatched against Paul Skeens. And that was interesting watching that live. He moseyed down Trey Cruz pretty easily, but the first at bat, I think Young struck out, but I think, or maybe he drew a walk. I can't remember. But that was both at bats were very lengthy, and Young did a really good job of just taking the ball and, and smoking it up the middle too. It was a it was a hard hit ball. So, yeah, I, to me, there's the one thing about Young that I I'm really fascinated by what he's going to do next year is where they're going to put him in position wise. I mean, because he did see some time at third base in the Arizona fall league. But overall, yeah. I'd like to see him too just continue to get that batting average up a little bit. I think that he's totally capable of that. No, yeah, well, he did. He, he, he raised it when he moved up a level, which is not something you see a ton, yeah. although it's something that we predicted just because of the, the change in, in ballparks. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, he goes out and wins a, a gold glove as a minor league second baseman and the Tigers have him playing third base in the Arizona fall league, which is not, um, that's fine. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, we saw him a ton, as I said, and on defense, he he looks really good. It's but it's a different kind. It's 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 a very steady, good hands, uh, you know, accurate throws. If he can get to the ball, he's going to m- make the play. The the issue is he just doesn't have the much range. It's it, and there's nothing you can do about that. It's it's the way his his body works. He's not a, a quick twitch athlete. He's got the big hips and thighs. And so you, you may eventually, you know, if he gets in place a full season in the big leagues, he might be a guy who makes one or two errors a year, you know, like really good, solid, steady fielder, but still rates out as like a negative five outs above average because he's just not getting to everything that, that other uh, defenders are. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's looking like a pretty well-rounded player at this point. You know, he's not going to steal a bunch of bases for you or anything like that, but he's I don't think he's going to be a huge drain on the defense. Which is the way you know what we once feared. Yeah, and he no, you're right because one of the things he prided himself on, and he was getting really frustrated with people, rightfully so, was about his defense. And he went out. He also was among the highest rated second baseman according to Baseball America at second base. And so I thought 
he really made he kind of quieted his critics a little bit with that because that was something that was ongoing. Which again, I was kind of miffed by that too because I thought he was serviceable. I didn't see anything like Wenzel Perez where he couldn't have the yips or anything like that. But um, his range, I could see, I see what people are talking about, but but I thought his range was fine. You know, he just he strikes me as a classic kind of gamer type where like you put him in the game and he's gonna he's just gonna play and he's gonna make the plays that he can and and uh, I don't think you have to worry about him a ton. It's just uh you know how how it all works out with him and Malloy and the number one guy on our list, Colt Keith, about where are they gonna find places for these guys and where what can they all play defense at the big league level? It's it still remains to be seen, but they're Three pretty interesting bats for sure. And here's the Salamento one too. I forgot about Salamento because he's so all arms when you see him pitch, and that was just his funky delivery. So I don't know. We're seeing that again. And and go ahead. The the only other thing I was going to say is is just from putting all these videos together. just, just you know, going and grabbing each home run and putting them into one video, I I hadn't quite realized how. I don't necessarily want to say streaky because all power hitters are you know. Nobody hits a home run every day, but I think Young had five different games where he hit two home runs, and it, toward the end of the year, he had a five home run stretch in three games against Somerset. Uh, so he might just be one of those guys who hits home runs in bunches uh, and runs too, which is fine, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. it seems to happen to a lot of people. So, yeah, and this is something that I mean, if we're if we're being honest here, we're not used to having Tiger prospects, infield prospects with power. I mean, if you in the grand Absolutely scheme not. of things, I mean, it's you think about Scott Sizemore. You think about even Suarez didn't flash that kind of power when he was in the minors. So I don't want to hear anybody say that. Well, what about Suarez? I mean, we, he, he, yeah. the power was there, but no one. They wouldn't no have traded him if they. That. Yeah, they wouldn't have traded him if they knew he was going to hit forty home runs in the yeah. big leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and you know and then that's that segues into Colt Keith pretty well. I think where's another potential probable infielder. Base second base, we don't know. He played both of them last year, uh, but yeah, you know he he he's almost as productive in games. I mean, it just depends on how you define it, right? He had one less, one fewer home run than Jace Young, but had many more doubles in roughly the same amount of plate appearances at generally a higher level at a younger age, and also he just he he's a better pure hitter and. We saw the the top end of what he can do, uh, which included a 473 foot home run, which was uh, we don't know for sure, but I'm going to go out out on the limb and say that was the longest home run that anybody in the entire system hit last year, because that's an absolute wow, uh, and that's the sort of thing that Colt Keith is capable of, and and Jace Young can hit him pretty far away. I think one of his home runs there in Somerset was almost 440 feet, but I, I think you know 30 feet on top of that is just a, a different ball game, and that's that's what. Is possible with Colt Keith, so that's why he made it number one. Um, just a combination of the raw power, the production, and the hitting ability. Yeah, and he's he's an number one prospect for a reason for that, and it's just a, some the, continue to put for his age, for his age too, Chris. I mean, it's a guy who is just what twenty two now. Yeah, I believe so. He was, yeah. uh, you know, twenty. Is he twenty two? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think because he was a 2020 draft pick as an 18 year old, so three years. But he may have been 19, like shortly after. So he probably just turned 22. Yeah, and those are the kind of bats you see here, where it's even if he does get kind of, and I mentioned this in the hit series too, 
there's not a stretch where Cole Keith, he might have had like a rough stretch, but once he made an adjustment, once he figured out how to position his hands better, whatever he had to do, you saw it pretty quick. And I mean, it, the, the, see, like that, the opposite field hit that you're watching here on YouTube, but when he got a hold of one, I mean, holy crap, just majestic. Sh- I mean, just I remember the, I think it was in Columbus, like that. I couldn't find that home run off really quick, but there, yeah, yeah, what he was oh, doing, yeah, on yeah what he was Twitter, doing, but not, oh, not yet on Twitter. Yeah, there's the six for six game, Chris. I mean, that was a game that, again where you saw the power and hitting tool on yeah. display. Yeah, he, he he hit two home runs to the pole field, hit a triple down the right field line, and almost hit a third home run to left field. It was off the top of the wall. That's how he got his double in that six for six cycle game. So, yeah, he's a guy who who drive the ball out to all parts of the field. Um, yeah, just 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 a pretty complete hitter. You know, he doesn't walk at an obscene amount, but he's not going to swing and miss or chase a ton. And if they throw him strikes, he he's going to hit the ball hard. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, uh, if I were to pick another Tigers player to, you know, be a homegrown 20 home run hitter, I would go with Colt Keith. Yeah, 473 foot shot. I found the home run here in Toledo. Yeah. And this is the one I was talking about in Columbus that was just a monster, yeah. monster shot. And this is where people are talking about, well, we should trade for John or Jonathan India. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. This is a big reason why you don't. Trade, uh, you trade your prospect for something like what he was able to do here. Just, oh, I mean, that I mean, that was a bad breaking ball in the first place, but went out to the street. It almost hit a car. Didn't he hit a car? The uh, the announcer said he almost caused a car accident because it landed in the intersection. Yeah. So, yeah, it it's uh, you know, it that's uh, he's got he's got everything you want in terms of the the, the power bat you know again it's not probably not going to be a 35 40 home run season from him but he's got what it takes to be a 330 home run guy uh eventually so yeah i yeah not a bad guy to head up your list not not bad at all not bad at all so on that note thank you for listening we appreciate it and we're looking to probably brandon day is going to be on with us here probably in the next couple weeks or so as the holidays roll around so please write Give us a five star review. Write or rate it or rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen to the podcast. And if you feel like donating to the Tiger Mind Report for all the extra stuff we do, there's a donate link on our description. Every bit goes towards travel expenses and all that jazz and and giving some extra money, giving some money to the writers too. So a lot of these guys do it voluntarily. Uh Jerry refuses money but it's crazy but i will you know we still pay them anyway but whatever we can so please just the reason why we plug these things the reason why we read sponsorships is because this is a volunteer thing and if you just want to join our patreon too there's the extra content i admit i got to put some more on there but anybody in there just i appreciate everybody who, who's donating to the patreon or donates to us at all period again a shout out to all the parents that i spoke to over the last couple of months of the season that really made it worthwhile. And we're hopefully going to go out there this year for all the opening days. Although I did find out Chris that mm-hmm. during Erie's opening day is the eclipse. There's a full eclipse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So hotels are going to be booked out or again, booked out now. Oh, geez. Yeah. So sleep in the park. Yeah. I mean, you know, sleep in the press a, box. yeah, just sleep on the deck or yes, yeah, sleep in there or sleep in whatever the, what do you want to call it? Uh, one of the suites, you know? Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know if, I don't, would, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if UPMC would, would approve that, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You got to do, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, and then we'll, we'll prob- probably have the speed list next. Yes, yes, and then we'll be going on uh, pitchers too. There's also, I have finished the best five game, four games of the minor league season. I just need to post it. Been admittedly a little bit busy, but I will they'll be up on the site too as well. So there's plenty of content. Go to tigerdentalreports.com. I have to update it too. There's I hate WordPress, but that's another story from the day. So for myself and Chris, and yeah, like I said, Brandon Day will be joining us here periodically more often than not. So I'm looking forward to working with Brandon and some of his pitching breakdowns. The guy's a guy knows his stuff. And he's the conductor of the Matt Manning tra- or Matt Manning train. Now he's doing another train. I don't know who's who's he running a different train. Yeah, he's running, <laughs> yes, he's <laughs> yes, he's running a different train now uh, among the prospects. So, uh, but yeah, well, we're looking forward to having Brandon on here more often. So we'll talk to you next time. Have a great night, everybody, or whenever you're listening to this.